We're going to take a look at this bill from AOC and the Republicans. There's some GOP congressmen introducing a new cannabis bill. We'll take a look at that. Plus, Janet Yellen talks about how cannabis might help the IRS. <laughs> I mean, it should be the IRS helping us, but, you know, this is politics. So Schumer also says that uh, cannabis legalization is for entrepreneurs and not the big boys. So we're going to dive into a chart and uh, ask the question, what is he worried about? Looking at some of these MSOs and big boys, as Schumer says, uh, and everything else coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to the Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, capital markets analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast. All right, so starting with the new bill that came out from uh, New York Democrat. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ohio Republican Dave Joyce, uh, basically just trying to expunge criminal records. So trying to get nonviolent cannabis offenses out, uh, which I think is precursor to federal legalization. So start with this and then hopefully with that. Uh, basically, the State Expungement Opportunity Grant Program or the HOPE Act is what they're harnessing opportunities by pursuing expungement and they love their acronyms in the military and government, but they're saying essentially that reforming cannabis law is not a partisan issue. Probably the least partisan issue in all of DC right now is the revenue behind cannabis. So quantitative easing or the printing of money that you've been hearing all these you know, multi-trillion dollar infrastructure packages basically uh, is just printing of money. So um Housing, like I said, is not going up, but the purchasing power is going down. It's taking more money to buy the same goods and services. And so they're going to have to basically take in more revenue somehow in order to offset that, even though inflation is here to stay and, and probably central bank digital currencies coming as a result of the deterioration of the dollar. This is kind of that that middle thing. Or maybe they just want people to get high and, and not worry about um, what I'm saying at all. <laughs> According to the bipartisan bill, it's going to add about $2 million a year in grants between 2023 and 2032. It's going to require attorney generals to study the cannabis offense and how it affects people, um, report on its costs and the effects of incarceration. And then specifically, they say the grants can be used by states to purchase technology used to facilitate the expungement at scale or automate the process. I mean, I know these things are not complicated. It should literally just be delete and pay these guys to delete that. It can't be that hard uh, unless there's just so many of them, right? I mean, this seems like kind of a waste of money rather than giving grants. Why don't you just pay those poor people that were in prison for a plant uh, instead of paying your buddy who owns some tech company? Um, just seems like an absolute waste, but I'm not surprised. So moving on to Janet Yellen, the ex-Treasury Secretary, who said, hey, cannabis companies uh, banking their billions, that would help the IRS. Like that point of view is hilarious. IRS should be helping us because we pay them. They are government. They should be helping us. So a little ridiculous that um, they're trying to figure out like how we can help them, right? They're the ones who are creating the roadblocks. Our cash obviously would, would help facilitate them. But IRS is now going, wanted to go after people for uh, as low as $600 infractions, meaning like if you didn't 
pay your nanny or something. And then they said, okay, well, 600 is too low. How about 10,000? I thought the whole point was for the IRS to go after, you know, rich people, but nope, Nancy Pelosi is making too much money doing insider trading for that to happen. So, and I'm not, I'm not talking about either side. I just think bureaucrats in general um, are looking after themselves. And the headline of this is just spot on to how I've felt for decades. Um, that uh, this is more about just kind of uh, that select um, incestual, you know, feeding of of friends and family with um, payments. I mean, this is this is the department of of the government, right? So, cannabis companies paying them and making sure that they are staying relevant in the age of you know potentially central bank digital coins, where cash is going to become irrelevant and the IRS is unnecessary. Um, doesn't even seem like a topic. I mean, central bank digital coins are coming. But in the meantime, the American Banker Association said that they wanted to um, get some Senate leadership to allow legitimate cannabis businesses access to banking services and that cannabis banking reform is part of this New Year's National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA, coming from, a, from all angles. All these people are interested in it now. Um, because there's no pushback, I think they can either side can talk about the Safe Banking Act and how it's helping you know get prisoners out and this and that. No one's really complaining about it. The whole um, you know defund the police maybe has desensitized the idea of getting quote unquote criminals out of prison. There are no people don't think about cannabis users as criminals anymore. So it's not really an issue to support that any longer. And I think the majority of people that support it kind of show that it's a it's a partisan issue. No one is fighting uh, cannabis. They all want the tax revenue. But U.S. Majority Center leader Chuck Schumer wants to keep this entrepreneurial and, and keep the big boys out of it. Um, I will believe that when I see it. So Schumer emphasized that his own proposal called the Cannabis Administration Opportunities Act is intended to ensure that smaller businesses and businesses of color have access to financial services and that revenue from federal cannabis taxes being reinvested to disadvantaged communities. Um, so it looks like they're all trying to kind of get on this SRI theme, this social responsible uh, theme uh, behind cannabis, when really this is all about taxes. I don't think Schumer cares about people that have been negatively impacted. Uh, I, I really don't. Um, I think this is all about money and however he can position himself to benefit from that. I guarantee you he's going to be on some board somewhere because New York, if you remember the, the stop and frisk, if he really cared about this, like if it was ideological, if, if it was part of his moral fiber, he would have done something about that stop and frisk a long time ago. Um, I don't know. Call me cynical. I just, I think this is about cash. So who exactly is Schumer? Uh, Chuck Schumer talking about when he says like big boys or whatever. Um, recently saying that uh, he wanted to kind of design this this uh, legislative infrastructure to be about uh, entrepreneurs, right? I mean, I don't believe that for a minute. This hasn't been about small businesses. Um, so I don't know. Again, that's just my thoughts. But uh, looking here at the market cap for a lot of these multi-state operators versus other you know, big boy sectors, 
that we was referring to like big alcohol, big tobacco, big food. So looking at the graph, we can see market caps for each of those company in billions uh, in the light green portion. So that's their cash balance. And then the orange one is the 7.1 billion market cap of Cureleaf, which is the largest U.S. cannabis company. So showing the relatively small and the largest cannabis companies, uh, the scale difference between alcohol, food, tobacco companies, and those MSOs, uh, Anheuser-Busch, Embev, for example, um, you can look at Altria. Each one has 10 times more market cap than the largest USO of Cureleaf and has nearly enough cash to write a check for Cureleaf and buy them outright and could probably finance the $25 billion purchase of the top five competitors as well. So Schumer's goal of keeping big companies from dominating the cannabis business represents either naivete or political posturing. The industry is capital intensive. It's only going to become more so as it grows to a national scale. The industry is inevitably going to be swept up in a wave of consolidation post-legalization, and the economics are too powerful to deny that. I've been saying on this on a podcast for four years now. Looking at that consolidation, uh, future of the industry raises an interesting question about cannabis brands. Will somebody care about these brands when they look and add cannabis to like Nabisco, for example? Maybe, maybe not. But a lot of those brands only want uh, the ingredient. They want water, uh, water soluble or powder, uh, flavorless, whatever they want. It's going to be just an ingredient. Right. So there's going to be some well-established brands are going to thrive and some rather most are going to just crumble. So how many post-legalization consumption brands are going to be around? Probably not a lot, but you have to stay tuned to find out. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.